Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. Um, we have a few of you watching, joining us so far. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started as more people are tuning in to the podcast today. But we thank you so much for joining us as always. Um, as always, I have Daniel Yelverton, uh, Pastor Daniel Yelverton, hosting with me today. And then as almost always, we have uh, Michael Miller joining us as well. Um, but guys, it is uh, great to have you joining us. Great to have another, another conversation today. Um, and today's chapter, we're actually going to be in 1 Kings 18, which is a pretty cool chapter. I was just sharing before we went live that, um, that uh, it's a chapter that I really enjoy. Um, we're getting into the prophet uh, Elijah and um, this really cool thing that he does. Um, and I don't want to spoil it if you haven't read, read ahead yet today, but um, Daniel's going to give us some context on that in a minute. But first, before we get into that, what have you guys been up to today? Daniel, Michael, and then anybody wants to share in the comments as well. I've been teaching Chinese children and then napping. Nice. Did you just wake up a little while ago? Uh, <clears throat> um, maybe an hour and a half ago. So I, I was up obviously at like five, taught a bunch of children and got my kids up and made breakfast and all that stuff after, after a nice little nap. Nice. Daniel, it looks like you're in your office at the church, right? I am. I am. I, so I switched my computer around so you guys don't see my bare wall and my minimal decoration. <laughs> I so, noticed that like last week or the week before I was like, hey, you got decorations. And I was like, wait a minute, that's the window behind him. He's yeah, sitting on the other exactly. side of his desk. Yeah, because you guys <laughs> shame me about not having stuff and I don't have like flags of golfing events that I haven't been to and anything like that all <laughs> hanging up. And so uh, anyway, so yes, yeah, so this, this is my way of avoiding all of the, uh, the shame and the... Uh, and the tough stairs that I get when I have a, a uh, you know, very minimally decorated office. What would that be? Like no decoration shaming? Is that what we would yeah. call that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, hey man, for that. gifts are gifts when it comes to a master's flag. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is very true. I have uh, not been. You said you have been though, right? I've been a couple times. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah, next time you go, you got to get me another flag and then you can bother <laughs> oh. me about that flag. <laughs> I will. I will. That way you can have uh, you can have two two master flags. Um, yeah. So uh, I, no, today's been Thursdays are pretty um, me and uh, not uneventful, but um, Judah goes to daycare, so uh, dropped him off at daycare, and then uh, me and Phil were just kind of discussing. We're doing some service projects this weekend, and so we just discussed kind of uh, how to get all those things kind of organized and things like that. So um, nothing too crazy this morning. Um, yeah. Yeah, after this, and then I've got a couple of meetings. So uh, Thursday's more of kind of a wrap-up day for me anyways. Yeah, I think it is for most of us. Yeah. Um, and Michael's just always working, man, seven days a week, right? I'm ashamed to admit that, but yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I really man. need to take – that's not a good example. I really need to take a uh, take a day. But <laughs> what had happened was um, <laughs> I, I did have a day off. It used to be on Mondays. Um, but where I, with, you know, VIPX where my other job is, um, several months ago, what they did is they, is they canceled one of the classes, um, because China, you know, made a law that kids can only take classes so late in the day, it's 12 hour difference. And I was teaching kids till 10 o'clock at night, their time. Yeah. So, um, they said no more of that. So I actually had some of my students complain, like we want to get on Michael's schedule and there's no slots because I'm completely booked. And so they, they asked me if I would open up Monday to teach some of these students who were canceled. Yeah. When you have kids begging you to hang out with you, you know. Hard to say no. 
Yeah. So maybe I should have, maybe I shouldn't have, but, um, but, but I, I continue to teach now seven days a week because of that. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, man, Sabbath, Sabbath obviously is extremely important taking a Sabbath, but there are times in pretty much everyone's life where it's just not possible. And if you've got a job that you have to work and you have to take care of your family, sometimes you have to just talk to the Lord about it and, and realize that that's okay to, to have to take care of your family sometimes too. So don't feel too bad about it, man. And it's, it's a season. I mean, yeah. I, I hope that you know that we all know that it's a season. It's not something you're committing to um, never having a day off, never a Sabbath for the rest of your life. So don't beat yourself and, too much. About and the it. good news guys is, um, uh, you know, I only teach four classes a day and they're 50 minute classes. So I teach 200 minutes a day. So it's not, it's not like a ton of work. It's just that when you spread that out over every day, and then I have more hours on Saturday and more hours on Sunday, but, but, you know, when you spread that throughout the week, the only really bad part is having to wake up so early. So yeah. I can't complain. I do complain a lot because I'm a big baby, <laughs> but I really shouldn't complain that much because God has, God has exponentially just blessed me because I'm able to work here, you know, with, with you guys. And, and I also, you know, can, can provide income with my family for this other part-time job. So, um, not very many part-time jobs would be able to work with the, the schedules that, that we have. So I'm very blessed. I really shouldn't complain at all. Yeah. So I have something that I felt like God put on my heart today, which is kind of weird. Not that he puts things on my heart. He does that a lot, but kind of weird as in, you know, we always pray at the end of the podcast and we host this podcast and people watch it. We have a lot of regulars who watch this podcast, but I thought today that each one of us should go and, and, share something that we would like to ask for prayer for from the, the people who watch this podcast. Um, I know that it, it sounds selfish, but we've never done it before. And just to kind of Encourage step people into to, that, yeah, yeah, to step into that, I thought that it might be good today. So um, Michael, since you were just talking about that stuff, you, what do you have? What do you have that you would like to ask for prayer for to ask our <laughs> listeners and our viewers to, um, to be praying for us for, for the first time ever? <laughs> For me personally, um, I have really severe carpal tunnel syndrome. That's why I'm doing this jokingly, but. Which um, only, it hasn't been going on for that long, has it? Or did it just get really I've, severe recently? I've had it for a little over a year, but it has, it has been gradually getting worse. And then over the last couple months, it has just really gotten worse real, real, real quick. Um, yeah. I, I got tested and, and it's, they, they basically said to me, but both with both my consultation and the tests that I have to get surgery. I'm beyond going to the chiropractor. I'm beyond a cortisone shot. I'm beyond wearing the splints with the nerve, you know, so I don't incur actual nerve damage that's permanent. I need to go ahead and get the surgery. It's a very simple surgery, but the, really the prayer is just to help me get through until surgery. Cause I've got a lot of work to do for VBS yeah. And, uh, and it requires lots of typing and it requires lots of texting. And that's, that's burning my hands really bad. So uh, I'm leaning on people like, like Veronica Grable and, and others to really help me through this season uh, as, you know, as I'm waiting for surgery, which, and it's not, it's not bad turnaround. I'm, my surgery is scheduled for um, July the 10th. I think I said, yeah. Yeah. So I think quick, it's, yeah. yeah. So that's mm -hmm. not bad. Yeah. Quick yeah. turnaround. All right. Uh, Daniel, what do you have? Anything? Well, I think for us right now, um, 
we have like just a huge praise with Lainey being um, like having being cured of Lyme disease, Lyme disease. And so mm-hmm. um, I think uh, prayer right now and wisdom and walking out kind of this new season for us, uh, we've been able to host more. We've been able to do things that have been really uh, like just great blessings to us, a great way for us to serve our neighborhood community, different things like that. Um, but we don't want to overdo it. So we just need mm-hmm. wisdom in kind of still creating times of rest and preservation for our family. We started instituting like a Sabbath um, and uh, where we just basically put away our phones and for a day, we just kind of try to do restful things, uh, which doesn't always translate to what we see in Sabbath necessarily uh, for in the, like um, in the Bible, but even just trying to um, put in healthy practices and healthy rhythms with hosting, with um, having, you know, family time of worship, family time of rest, intermixed with all the other stuff that we have going on. And I think it's really easy to overload your schedule. And so just trying to be, trying to be wise with that. So we definitely yeah. can use some wisdom there. Okay. When you figure that out, write a book on it, Daniel. We'll do man. <laughs> that's, that's, um, that's a good challenge for myself. Uh, mine's a pretty, pretty simple one, but, um, I've been having, uh, pain up in the side of my face here for a few weeks now. Um, I'm assuming it's dental pain, but I went to the dentist last week because um, I had to have uh, some stuff taken care of and everything they had to take care of was on this side. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, what about all oh, this side? I, it, it like, uh, it's been a little bit less since I was there because they gave me some antibiotics, but um, it was such a strong pain two or three times a day that it felt like if the pressure got much worse, that like something in my face was going to pop. Like it was really mm-hmm. unbearable for about 20 or 30 minutes, a few times a day. Um, and they did x-rays, like multiple x-rays. They did like a direct x-ray. They did like pan x-rays. And they said they couldn't find anything over here. But there's something causing problems. They said that it could be a, some kind of like a deep sinus infection or whatever. So I've been on antibiotics for about a week and a half for it now. And the pain has subsided a lot, but I can feel that it's still there. Um, so I'm going to go back into them next Thursday and um, get some stuff taken care of that I have to talk to them about. But also going to just talk to them more um, that... I just need to figure out what's going on with this. So um, just prayers for healing for that, prayers for answers for that, really, um, just because I want that to be taken care of and gone. It's just something that they can't figure out what it is, and it's pretty painful. So it obviously has to be solved and taken care of or else it's going to continue to go and get worse and stuff. So that's okay. mine. Um, so, guys, thank you so much. I, I see you guys uh, in some of your comments here. Um uh, Jenny Allen said prayers for healing, Michael, uh, Candace Henderson pr- said prayers for you, Michael. And if you need any help preparation, I'm usually available during the day, you can come to the church to do whatever's needed to help prep for VBS. So in mm-hmm. case you didn't know that she's a resource that you might be able to, um, reach out to, um, you can reach out to her as well. Um, so guys, thank you so much. I see that, um, Kevin, uh, Minkenbaugh said I could use a prayer or two for my family. He said, Hey, to ask please don't ever hate to ask, man. Never. That's what we, that's what we want on this. We say it all yeah, the time, but yeah. we want you guys not to just be a part of the conversation, but to also um, reach out to us with, uh, with prayer requests, with things that you're dealing with, with things that God's put on your heart or on your mind for you to talk to us about. You can do it on the comments of our Facebook live, or you can do it on, um, um, on our individual emails as well, if you want to reach out to us. So um, each one of our emails is really easy. It's our first name and our uh, last or our initial of our last name. And then it's at myelevationcc.org. So if you want to reach out to any of us individually, I am Brent S at myelevationcc.org. Michael is Michael M and Daniel is Daniel Y 
at myelevationcc.org. Um, so just reach out to us, guys. But yeah, Kevin, don't hate to ask, man. That's what we want to do. We want to be able to be here for you and pray for you. We want everybody who's listening and watching to be able to uh, see your comment. Uh, if we're able to talk about it, to hear us talk about it, and be praying for you as well. This is a community. This is what church is. Mm -hmm. um, it's a family, and we care about each other. And God wants us to lift each other up in prayer. So don't ever feel bad you to know, do that. Let me let me add on to that too, because we're we're. Um, I know that. Um, this is in the past for our, for our, our listeners, but in, in the present for our viewers, but yeah. So you could either say we're about to, or we just did service projects. Um, and I'm sure that went well. <laughs> but, <laughs> I hope they did. But the reason why I mentioned that in conjunction with what you're saying, Brent, is that yeah. pride can really get in the way. I mean, I, I mm. actually have people coming or people that came to my house, right. To, to help, you know, with some things. And, um, my wife, um, she had, she paused about that. She felt, she felt bad. Like mm -hmm. she didn't want people to come over cause she felt like, man, you know, that's embarrassing. And, and like, we, we could have taken care of things better ourselves. And there was one thing that I, I told her and I've told others about, about this kind of thing. When you're able to bless someone else, it is the best feeling in the world. Yeah. Um, I, I have a family member that that recently needed a car. And so I was able to let him borrow my my ratty Camaro. Right. That you guys have all mm. seen in videos and stuff. And that's I think that's more of a blessing for for <laughs> me to be able to, to let someone use it than it is for him to receive it. Because for him, it's like he needs it so bad. It's not like a joyful like, yes, this is wonderful. It's like, man, I can't believe I'm here. You know. Right. So the encouragement that I have for, for people like me in this situation and like others asking for prayer is that let other people bless you. It's a great blessing for them to bless you. Mm -hmm. So sometimes as Christians, it's, it's hard to put the pride down and, and accept it. But I think that's, that's something that we, we need to do um, to, to be humble and let others bless us when, when, when need be. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. All right. So guys, uh, actually I want to, uh, for Kevin real quick, I want to pray for him real quick, yeah. um, before we get into setting up the context and stuff. So, uh, everybody pray with me if you would, um, heavenly father, we want to pray for Kevin and his family today. We want to lift them up. Um, he didn't give us specifics, um, for what's going on and we are not asking for specifics, God. We just know that we can lift, lift his family up, uh, to you and trust in you that you know what's going on in that situation, father, and that you will, will reach your hands down into that situation and that you will work it out for good. So, Father, we just ask that um, Kevin and his family, whatever it is that they're going through, that you give them peace, that you give them faith in you, trust in you, that you give them um, strength through it if they need strength. Um, but we, we just ask that you, um, you ease their minds and let them know that you're going to be able to take care of it, Father, that you, you do work all things out for our good and for your good. And um, we just want to give that up to you today, God, for Kevin and his family. We just lift them up and we just, uh, we just ask that you would, would uh, intervene in the situation however you need to. Um, ask them to trust in your timing in the situation because so many times when we pray, Father, um, we, want, we want immediate relief. And sometimes your timing um, isn't the same timing as ours. And we just need to know that your timing is always better than ours and that we just need to put our trust and faith in you, that um, you will work it out way better than we could ever imagine, Father. So we lift up Kevin and his family to you. Um, and we thank you for your faithfulness and for proving time and time again who you are, that we can do these things and for telling us that we can do these things. So, Father, we thank you. We love you. 
we have so much faith in you and we lift your name on high in your name we pray and say amen amen and thank you Brent. absolutely so kevin we hope that you are doing okay you and your family uh let us know um if you need anything else um let us know when god um works through this and and um takes care of the situation for you as well um what is it god always or uh, phil always calls it yay god moments um always let us know those things too so we can celebrate god and we can um, we can uh talk about the uh the fact that he is faithful and that he does all those things so um anyway guys let's go ahead and get into today's chapter first kings 18 context man daniel yelverton pastor uh renaissance man um <laughs> please set up set up the context for today's chapter if you would gosh these titles they keep getting longer and longer um <laughs> yeah. and, and you have to make it rhyme too daniel oh that's going to be impossible uh i'm not i'm not a, i'm not good at rapping i'll leave that to another staff member uh so anyways um the uh so yeah so what's kind of going on here uh the northern uh tribes uh would now be called israel uh at this point have now separated themselves from judah and so now there are two separate nations uh where one used to exist under the reign of solomon and uh and so now in this part of kings we're basically going to see a bunch of different kings that come rise to power they reign for a certain amount of time and there's an evaluation on each of the kings and it's basically whether they did what was pleasing in the sight of the lord or whether they did not do what was pleasing in the sight of the lord and uh what we see is that basically the northern tribes um their first king is jeroboam um and god gives him the chance to establish a dynasty for himself if he follows the lord and he doesn't and um spoiler alert and and so anyways <laughs> every king after that in the northern tribes is is not a good king it's it's it, they all fail the test of doing what's pleasing in the sight of the lord uh judah has several of them i think there's six total out of uh like 20 something and um and so either way judah doesn't do a very good job either and ultimately <laughs> Uh, what happens is all of uh, all of Israel goes in captivity. The northern tribes goes to Assyria, uh, and the uh, southern Judah goes to Babylon. Um, but so but what we're seeing here is basically a lot of kings kind of coming up, a couple significant stories in their reign, if there are any, and then this kind of reference to uh, the history of the kings of Israel, which is just another book uh, that kind of lays out some of the more specific things that they have done. Uh, really, what we're seeing here is that the, the summaries of these kings are meant to, uh, as Michael will probably share later, kind of meant to show us, um, uh, continue the thread or the story of what God is really doing going on. So that they don't kind of, they don't grind you in the minutiae or in the details of their reign. It's really more about how God is working. Um, and the other thing that we see in these uh, chapters is the rise of the prophets. So we've seen prophets before. We've seen Nathan. We've seen Ahijah. Um, uh, we've seen uh, several other uh, prophets that have kind of come on the scene. They've done their kind of role, and then they almost disappeared. Like we don't really see much uh, much of them afterwards. Uh, some more with Samuel, and more with Nathan that we saw, and then some of the other ones that kind of appear. However, now we're going to get prophets are going to be very significant because they are going to be the voice of the Lord uh, to these kings and to the people of Israel, hopefully to, to, to draw them back into relationship uh, with, um, 
with God and um, they end up becoming more and more prominent and having more and more of a role. And I think that's because Israel as a whole is turning more and more away from God. And so the role of the prophets becomes so much more necessary to try to bring people to repentance um, and, uh, and also give people, um, uh, I guess, they be the mouthpiece for God in this time. And so that's kind of where we are right now. And so we are at, at Ahab. Ahab and his wife, famous wife, Jezebel, uh, are where we're at right now. And Elijah, who is a very famous prophet, is kind of interacting with Ahab. They're in the middle of a three-year drought, uh, or actually towards the end now, since we're in chapter 18. Uh, and um, it's going to be, Israel has just kind of is when I say Israel, I mean the northern tribes. They have basically completely fallen away, and Ahab is the worst of the worst, uh, completely self-focused, um, bringing so much idolatry into uh, the nation of Israel, and um, has caused a lot of problems. And so Elijah's being there to be the mouthpiece of the Lord, but to hopefully bring the people back to God. And that's where we kind of land in First Kings eighteen. Okay. Thank you, context man. As always, it's very much appreciated. Um, so guys, let's go ahead and get into today's chapter, 1 Kings 18 from the Dwell app. After many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. So Elijah went to show himself to Ahab, now the famine was severe in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah, who was over the household. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. And when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And Ahab said to Obadiah, Go through the land, to all the springs of water, and to all the valleys. Perhaps we may find grass, and save the horses and mules alive, and not lose some of the animals. So they divided the land between them to pass through it. Ahab went in one direction by himself, and Obadiah went in another direction by himself. And as Obadiah was on the way, behold, Elijah met him, and Obadiah recognized him and fell on his face and said, Is it you, my lord Elijah? And he answered him, It is I. Go, tell your lord, behold, Elijah is here. And he said, How have I sinned that you would give your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my Lord has not sent to seek you. And when they would say, He is not here, he would take an oath of the kingdom or nation that they had not bound you. And now you say, Go, tell your Lord, Behold, Elijah is here. And as soon as I have gone from you, the Spirit of the Lord 
will carry you I know not where. And so, when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find you, he will kill me, although I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Has it not been told, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord? How I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifties in a cave, and fed them with bread and water. And now you say, Go, tell your Lord, Behold, Elijah is here, and he will kill me. And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, I will surely show myself to him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have, and your father's house, because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. Now therefore send and gather all Israel to me at Mount Carmel, and the four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal, and the four hundred prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent to all the people of Israel, and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long? Will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him, but if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Let two bowls be given to us, and let them choose one bowl for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. And I will prepare the other bowl, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire to it. And you call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord, and the God who answers by fire. He is God. And all the people answered, It is well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first, for you are many, and call upon the name of your God, but put no fire to it. And they took the bull that was given them, and they prepared it and called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they limped around the altar that they had made. And at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is musing, or he is relieving himself or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep 
and must be awakened. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out upon them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation, but there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. And all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two seers of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bowl in pieces, and laid it on the wood. And he said, Fill four jars with water, and pour it on the burnt offering, and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. And at the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered them there. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the rushing of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel, and he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And at the seventh time, he said, 
Behold, a little cloud, like a man's hand, is rising from the sea. And he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. And in a little while, the heavens grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he gathered up his garment and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. So that is 1 Kings 18. So no. guys, as always, like what, what do you want to get into this, this chapter? I love this chapter. It's such a chapter of faith and just like in your face. I know who my God is and he's going to do this thing. So like, I love that example of faith. Like I hope that in times when I am ever called, um, called out for who my God is, I hope that I have that kind of confidence to be like, whatever, bro, watch this, you know, like, <laughs> I just love that. So what do you guys want to get into on in this chapter? Well, I have to show you on this little act. The, as a children's director, of course, I have a kid's Bible, right? The action <laughs> Bible. It, but there is something written in here that I think, Brent, that you would really like. Let me read this little thing. It says, activate. Um, choose to follow the one true God, First Kings 18. Clothes, snacks, sodas, cell phones. Advertisers spend billions to convince you that their products are superior the ones to buy and try it. The list is endless for swaying you to use and tweet about your trendy merchandise. <laughs> How deep is your loyalty when you're torn between your favorite brand and a popular new competitor? Read Jeremiah 10.10, which tells us that the Lord God has no competitors. Every day you face dozens of choices. From the cereal you eat to the words you speak, the people of Israel wavered between a major choice, follow God or the false God. Baal. When the prophets of Baal called upon this divine imposter, they got no reply. It's discouraging and lonely when it feels like no one is listening to your prayers. But the true God of heaven and earth is listening and on your side. You can always trust and follow him. What keeps you from talking to God and waiting for his answers? How can you be sure that following God is the right choice? Listen to a couple worship songs and soak in the lyrics. <laughs> How does putting your focus on God help with life's uncertainties and choices? I, I just thought that was really wise and, and interesting and had really good questions. Yeah, it's a great way to lay it out for people to understand. It's like perfect example of layman's terms, kind of helping people understand what we're reading in the Bible. Yeah, sure. Really great. I, I think there's such a great parallel between this and Joshua. Uh, I think it's 23 when he says, you know, choose today whom you will serve. Um, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And yeah. I think that there is uh, always, like you said, Michael, there's choices every single day. And there's choices about who we will follow, who, who we will almost declare allegiance to. And I think that this is so much in your face as far as the choice between worshiping Baal and worshiping God. I think ours, our choices um, don't come with that, um, I guess, uh, the, the best way to describe it for me is like, it's not as stark when it comes to who we worship. Uh, I think it's more clouded for us because worship for us, um, I think is not something commonly that we do. We don't, uh, we do it, but we don't commonly uh, recognize it as worship. And, and so I think that the, just like with Joshua and Ahab, or just like with uh, Elijah and Israel, 
the choice is always presented of who we're going to worship. Who are we going to put on the throne of our hearts? Are we, how are we going to live in a manner that shows that the Lord is God or that shows that something else is what we worship or something else has our affection. And what's interesting to me is, is it's, it's almost, it's sad when humanity worships the wrong thing, right? Because they rave and they cry out and they hobble and they dance and they're doing all of this from morning all the way until almost like evening and they're cutting themselves. They're hurting themselves in the process, crying out for a response. And it just seems like that to me is almost like a window into humanity that is saying like, when we are worshiping something else or crying for something else, it ends up, we end up end up being lonely. We end up being dissatisfied and we hurt ourselves in the process. And, and so I, I really see that sticking out when the prophets of Baal are kind of there. And the other thing is really cool is Elijah's like the king of trash talk, man. Like, yes. I, I love it, man. That's he's what just, I was going to touch on in a minute. <laughs> like, I think that's great, man. Especially when he's like, hey, man, maybe your God's just taking a dump. And he's just like in there for a while. And like, maybe, he, you know, you got to just keep calling out to him and hopefully he'll be done soon. So Maybe I had too that, much coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so anyways, I just think that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So I struggle with that a little bit because like it's very effective here. But I was raised like to despise trash talk. Like mm-hmm. it, I was always taught like, you know, let let your actions, let how good you play a game, let whatever speak for itself. And then nobody can say anything anyway. So like I grew up like looking at people like um, to throw out some names of people from older back in the day, like Deion Sanders used to talk a lot of trash back in the day, you know, mm-hmm. and my dad would always say, don't ever do that. Like that's just there's just, it's pointless. It's wasted breath because he does get beat sometimes. And it's just kind of pointless anyway. So for me, when I read that, I was like, Oh, he's mocking them. I was like, is that an okay thing? But in this case, it is effective because I think it actually even drives home more who God is in the end where he's like so confident. I mean, I guess, I guess if you're going to trash talk about something, it should be God because he's the one that never loses, never fails. Right. Um, I'm not saying to do that. (laughs) Cause we were called to love people. Um, but uh, yeah, I struggled with that a little bit when it said it was mocking him. I was like, Ooh, how do I feel about that? But um, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Brent, because I've, been, I've read an author that most people would say is pretty controversial, but I get a kick out of reading controversial authors. Sometimes uh, his name is Peter ends. He's a, he's a professor of like theology at like, I think Harvard or somewhere Princeton or something. I don't know. Mm. But anyway, um, and he has a different view of the Bible, but, one of the things that he says that I think is interesting is that he says the Bible is the book of wisdom, which I don't think any of us would disagree with that. But mm. there are times when the Bible has what looks to be contradictions. We find in Proverbs where we shouldn't do exactly the kind of thing that Elijah <laughs> does. So, right. so why? Why do we see this? Why do we see what it seems like, you know, Elijah, it seems like he's doing the wrong thing. So when we see the Bible doing this, instead of trying to explain it away, I think what God's trying to do is to challenge us to seek wisdom. There are times when when being bold like this and, and even trash talky like this <laughs> might be the right thing to do. And then there are times when it's not. 
Right. And that's the reason why we have the Holy Spirit. If the Bible had this, I know people are going to beat me up for saying this, but but if the Bible had every answer to every single question ever, no questions asked, it's just a manual for life. Should I buy this house? Well, this verse says Michael should buy, you know, if the <laughs> Bible was like that, then we would have absolutely no need for the Holy Spirit. But guess yeah. what? We have the Holy Spirit to help lead us and guide us. So when the Bible says, you know, in one verse to do one thing, in the next verse to do something else, that's on purpose, that we are to seek the Holy Spirit for wisdom. And, yeah. and sometimes in life, it, the, the decisions that we make are situational. So at this situation for Elijah, I think it might have called for some trash talk. <laughs> And I, I, agree. I think it's I think it's also like the trash talk is is not to it's to belittle bail, right? Like I mean that's yeah. what it is. Like the trash talk is to belittle bail because basically they've been worshiping Baal as if he's on the same level of, as God. And that's like saying that, man, my, my, my four-year-old son could be, you know, Michael Jordan in his prime, like, you know, and that's a good example because Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. And so like, <laughs> yeah, that's and so, like but that, that's that, a good example um, of trash talk. that, like that, that <laughs> space of comparison is not even close. Right. And so like, he's giving Baal these like characteristics of like, of like people that are not really aloof or not really caring and not really doing anything. And basically he's just saying that the Baal doesn't exist, you know, like it, it's a false God. It's a, you're worshiping something that is not even close to the same level as God almighty. And, and I think that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, he's probably hammering home a point because really it's not really about the prophets of Baal. It's about the people of Israel and it's about the people yeah. of Israel recognizing whether uh, Baal is actually a God and if he should be worshiped or God is the one alone that should be worshiped. And, and so I think that that's part of the, the dynamic of the trash talk is really to show that like, man, like what you're following after guys, it's empty. It's not, it's nothing. It's, it's worthless. You know, it's not even on the same level or the same playing field as as God at all. And so I think that it is kind of funny though. Cause I mean, I think, I mean, God's a sense of humor, right. And like, there's like some stuff that we read about that's just, it's just funny when, when he goes through it. And I think that I, I think it's kind of cool that Elijah had that kind of confidence and little uh, boldness. And he's kind of a wild dude anyways. Like we read he's <laughs> kind of uh, like, kind of like a John the Baptist kind of guy. And so like, I think that, but what's important here is that he is really pretty po like, we have to make up in our mind who is what's worth it. What's what's worthy mm. of our worship, right? And and if we make something worthy of our worship that is not even close or in the same playing field as God Almighty, then it does take almost like a little bit of like exposing it, exposing it for what it really is. And so I think that's kind of what Elijah's doing here is he's just really saying that, guys, the competition's not even close. You know, it's not even it's not even in the same you know hemisphere or whatever it may be when it comes to this and so um and it's cool is the is the numbers that we see here is like three is like a number of completion right and so that's been three years of famine three years of judgment it's three times that elijah goes and pours water on it to kind of make it to where it's complete he pours water in the middle of a famine and a, a, a dry spell too yeah oh yeah i, I mean like that was where, interesting where they're not mm -hmm. able to find these kind of things and then just like and then uh, the seven times is another number of completion uh, or wholeness that he is praying and the, the servant goes back seven times till eventually he sees a cloud. And it's like, God is 
is proving to himself, proving to all, to them that he is one who is in control, one who should be worshipped based on all of these like significant numbers that are being poured out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I really like, we've, we've uh, been in Revelation three times uh, on this podcast, right? Um, and you guys know that I just, I really enjoy studying that stuff and everything. So um, one thing I like, Elijah and Moses both are called to be prophets that, that we see again in the end times, if you look at the futurist version of things. So I've always liked Elijah for that too, because he's one that is, is called to come back according to that and, um, and prophesy on the earth again. Um, so I just always really like him and I like to learn things about him. But Michael, you said something too, that um, I think it's important for us um, to understand and look into where you were talking about if, if the, the Bible was just an instruction manual that had every circumstance possible in it. And it was something that um, we didn't need the Holy Spirit for because everything that we needed was in the Bible. Something else that I think is really important about that as well is the fact that if every answer was given to us, we would have no need to have critical thought at all for ourselves. And, and this podcast itself, we have so much conversation on here that we, all three of us have grown a lot through this conversation and through this podcast. And I think a lot of the viewers and listeners have as well. We wouldn't have any of this if, if that was the case. Yep. And I think that there's, there's a massive importance in critical thinking and in being able to think for yourself and being able to have debate with people and conversation and with people and relationship in community with people. And that's what so much of this is for. And it calls to me um, uh, a quote that I love from Thomas Jefferson. Um, I don't know if you guys know this quote or not, but I've always loved it. Um, it says, question with boldness, even the existence of a God, because if there be one, as in if there be a God, if there be one, he must more approve of the homage of reason than that of blindfolded fear, yeah. um, which is calling you to question everything and have critical thinking and think for yourself. Now that needs to be paired with the wisdom um, that we get from the Bible and yeah. the guidance that we get from the Holy Spirit. But um, I, it's so important to be able to think critically, and I think that we've we've lost that a lot of a lot of uh, yes. in a lot of our society. So I just wanted to touch on that, like the community that you have from church that is the church. And these conversations and this this critical thinking and debate, I think that it's extremely important and it's something that we've lost a lot of. Relationship matters. Yeah. Again, we we can spend time with God through his spirit. I mean, that's something that, believe it or not, after all the study of theology and stuff I've done over the years and such, I've really just recently, in the last couple of years, started to learn about spending time with God. Yeah. Um, like, I think, I think most of us grew up with read your Bible, pray, read your Bible, pray, read your Bible, pray, do good things. <laughs> and those are, that's good. I'm not saying that's bad because the, the Bible has a ton of wisdom that I, that God inspired for us, you know? Um, but the thing is, we really got to spend that quiet time with God. And prayer needs to be more than just a list of give me, give me, give me, you know, prayer needs to be sometimes sitting in silence with God. Um, spending time with God sometimes needs to be praise. And, and I know sometimes we wait for Sunday morning to do praise, but you can praise God anytime. And, and I'm really just recently over the last couple of years wrapping my head around this relationship with God. And, and I, and I use myself as an example to say something that I know I've already said a couple of controversial things and forgive me, 
but <laughs> but God wants a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to talk to you, right? He wants you to talk to him. He wants more than you having a relationship with a book. The mm-hmm. Bible is awesome, right? The Bible is holy. It's inspired by God. And I'm not putting it down at all. I love it. I study it. That's why we have this podcast, right? (laughs) But if you have nothing but a relationship with a book, then you don't know God. Right. So I I think that that we we use the Bible to help us with our relationship with God, but we have to be careful that our relationship is with God. I think, I think, I think kind of what I'm I'm trying to say is uh, we really have to dig into the Bible to, to improve our relationship with God not let our, our Bible just be the end-all be-all with our relationship. So it's yeah. kind of a both-and thing, not an either-or, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah, and go ahead, Brent. I was just going to say one, real short, one of the biggest things that I do when I talk to God is I ask him questions. That He wants us to have a conversation with him, not just yeah. constantly come to him and say, hey, God, I'm struggling with this. I need this. I need this. I need this. But he wants us to open our hearts and say, like, okay, God, here's a situation that I'm kind of struggling with, and I don't know what to do with it what am I supposed to do with it? Speak to me. And I'll wait for you to, to speak to me because sometimes he doesn't some, you know, it might not be something he feels like he needs to address with you. And it might be something that he speaks through somebody else to you or something, but um, yeah, you're supposed to have conversations with God and conversations come with asking questions and being real and being open and honest. And that's what a real relationship is. So that's what we're supposed to do. Go ahead, Daniel. Yeah. So don't, so the last thing, just real quick before Daniel speaks, don't hear me the wrong way. I'm not trying to say that the Bible is trash and just don't, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> the, the Bible is, is again, it's inspired by God. It's, it's above any other written anything. Okay. Mm. So don't hear me the wrong way. I'm just saying that we need the Bible and we need a relationship with Jesus. It's not an either or thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's great is that when we read through these stories, when we talk about it, the point is, is to draw out application for our life. Right. And, um, you know, to see what, how God works and then apply it to our own life and create impact in our present generation in our present time. Right. That's the beauty of the scriptures. Right. And that's the timeless part of the scriptures is that God was constantly revealing wisdom and working through the lives of the people that are in this story. And for me, one of the big themes that come out is prayer works like Mm. You know, we just prayed for Kevin and we, we continue to pray for Kevin. We asked for prayer because it's not just this, this thing that we just do because we're supposed to do it and we throw it out there and we chant and we say like, and we kind of like go through the mantra and that's it. Like, like prayer is works and it's powerful. Right. Yeah. And like the responses can be immediate like this. Right. And later on, I don't know if we'll get to it, but in Daniel, it talks that there's this time where Daniel is praying and interceding for Jerusalem. And it takes three weeks for an angel to arrive and to give Daniel the answer because there was crazy, like in the imagery is crazy, but this crazy spiritual warfare that was going on. God immediately heard, but it took time for the, uh, for the answer to get to Daniel. Right. And so like this is uh, for me, it's such an encouragement to us to go through this and to remind ourselves that prayer works and that prayer is powerful and that God is interacting. He's bringing heaven here on earth and we get the opportunity to be a part of that, just like Elijah was. 
but we can't just live in the experiences of our past, right? Because Elijah, as you'll see in the next chapter, goes through this, this really bad spell of depression. And you would think that, man, if he saw fire rain down from heaven and like do all of this cool things, he would never struggle with faith. And so I think that why prayer is, is so important, but also why prayer is a conversation is because we need to continually revisit the presence of God and allow him to speak to us, allow him to speak to us into our current situation. We can't just live on the coattails of past experiences with God. It's a continual thing. I can't just say, hey, since I married Lainey, you know, uh, oh gosh, I got to get this right. I meant six years ago. Yeah, six years ago. <laughs> Uh, since I married Lainey six years ago and I did it that one moment, then I'm good. I don't need to keep revisiting our relationship. I don't need to keep, you know, uh, getting to know her more. I don't, I don't need to spend time with her. Right. I'm good. I had that one moment. And so we're good now. Like, no, I mean, like, uh, I think that's, what's great that we get this in the story that we get this great high moment with Elijah, but the next chapter is literally one of going to be one of his lowest lows where he's even contemplating like suicide. And so it's like, I think that this is, you know, one prayer works, but it's not just for these high moments. It's for a constant conversation to be connected with the almighty and to be, to grow in that relationship with him and not just relying on this one-time experience. Yeah. Um, and I think, honestly, I think that's, that's the perfect segue. We always finish with prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Daniel, would you pray for us today to finish us out? Yeah, please. I'd love to. Thank you guys for being a part of this and, uh, for sure. And Mike Lee and Michael has been impacted weekly by this. So that's awesome. That's right. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh man, Lord, I just thank you so much for this time and what a privilege and honor it is to enter into your presence, to, uh, come boldly to your throne because of Jesus, but also to humbly recognize that when we are praying that our petitions are literally rising up to the heavens, that there is an altar of incense that is constantly burning and creating an aroma in heaven. And that's the prayers of the saints. And so father, may we, may we recognize the power of prayer. May we recognize that when we pray, things happen, miracles happen, fire comes down from heaven, people are raised to life. And uh, God, may we recognize that, but we also, may we understand that, that you, uh, that Jesus, you died so that we would be reconciled to God, so that we would have a relationship with our heavenly father. And, and may we choose that relationship each day. May the choices that we make represent that we have chosen you, Lord, as the one worthy of worship, that nothing else can compare to that, that relationships here, that, uh, that uh, status, uh, accumulation of wealth, that uh, personal fame, you know, uh, social glory, whatever it is, God, it doesn't compare to you. Um, and all of that stuff falls way empty. And so father, may we, uh, recognize, uh, in, in our lives where we have chosen something else for our worship. And we have placed our worth on something that is not worthy of our worship. May we see our worship as something precious to be given to you. And Lord, may we, um, may we, May we pray powerfully and pray with purpose. May we pray knowing that you answer our prayers and that you hear our prayers. And may we trust you in the timing of the response, whether it's immediate 
or down the road, we can trust you with the timing of it. There's things that are going on that we can't see. And so in the unknown, God, give us strength and courage and boldness to believe you. Mm. Uh, we ask all of this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Daniel. Amen. Um, guys, Daniel and Michael, thank you again, as always, for doing this with me today. Um, it's it's so much fun every time. Like sometimes we have podcast episodes where I'm like, yeah, it was pretty good. I feel like today was like pretty good. So, uh, um, but guys, thank uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, those who are watching still and those who are listening still to the audio version uh, that comes out on Tuesdays, guys, thank you so much as always for sticking with us. I know that I feel like I say the same thing when I'm finishing up every day or every episode, but um, it's because I mean it. It's the things that come from my heart to all you guys. You know, we hope that this is helping you because uh, we know that it's helping us. Um, we want you to know God. Impacted we want you to have a relationship, be impacted weekly. Um, but we, uh, we thank you guys for sticking with us. Uh, so continue to share, continue to reach out to other people, love them, talk trash to them when you have to. Um, <laughs> but uh, guys, we love you. Uh, we thank you so much. Go out there, show the light of Jesus to the world. And next week, we will talk to you again, same time, same place, Weekly Impact. Talk to you guys next week. Have a good week. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. See you guys.